Hello, this is Christina McCory, and I am your host and the founder of Believing Mothers. I am here on a mission to encourage single mothers, particularly in the Black community. And I'm doing so because it is high time for our culture to be renewed, to be restored, and to be reconciled. Our culture has a history where there's been so much psychological warfare as a result of family trauma, brokenness, uh, economic hardships, generational poverty, inequality, discrimination, racism, just to name a few. And all of this has plagued our culture and our history for so long. And as a result, instead of being a people of nobility and integrity and success and entrepreneurship, instead we've had so much We've been seen as a people of war and hate and jealousy and malice and, you know, even murderers. And that's not who we are. That's not who we were created to be. And so it is time for us to change the trajectory of what we've been painted as by doing the work that is necessary. And that is dealing with our Uh, the detriments of our history so that our children, our babies can have a future, a beautiful future. So I'm here to encourage, even challenge mothers, those of us who have been created to be the tie, the binding agents, the uniting agents of the family to really pursue and go after our healing and our wholeness and to be set free and liberated from the the traumatic issues of our past right so that we can do what we need to do and that is to train our children I was actually having this conversation with someone the other day and we were talking about home training and that's a terminology that we don't hear today. We haven't heard it actually in years. If you would even mention that to a child, they they wouldn't know what we what we were talking about. Even some 20-year-olds would not even be familiar with that terminology because it hasn't been used in so long and that is because children again they aren't being trained anymore. And I believe it's because maybe several reasons. One being mothers are being distracted by society, what's going on in social media, and or mothers are busy working multiple jobs to provide for their family, their household. And I believe that both of these things have desensitized mothers. I believe that mothers have become just almost uh, just really not feeling the, the, the things that our youth are going through, our own children, what they're going through, because they have a lot more pressures than we have, right? We live in such a visible world now where everything is just exposed 
There are things that are on the TV and social media, things on the radio that are much more vulgar and much more perverse than what it was when we were were younger. Um, And because of that, our children need us really to train them. Because if we don't train them, the world will. I was looking at a scripture today, Proverbs 22 and 6, which says in the NIV, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. I love this translation as well. Train up a child in the way he should go, teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And then the message version, which says, point your kids in the right direction. When they're old, they won't be lost. So it's saying, point your kids. It's the responsibility of mothers. And it's just that too many children are raising themselves. They, they're being forced to grow up the best that they can. And I'm not knocking any mothers who have to, you know, work multiple jobs. I'm not knocking you at all. But I believe if we would rely on some of the things from our past that did work to help steer children, like communities, trusting communities where there were trustworthy adults that we could rely on to help steer our children in the right direction, right? Not only steer them in the right direction, making sure that they that they get home and they get fed. And if and when we're not there, when we're not around, that our children are where they need to be when they're supposed to be there and not out in the street, you know, in a in a place of danger. Because not to say that outside is dangerous, but we just live in the world where things are completely different from what they were you know, back in the day. And we need people to help us, right? We can't always rely on the same person over and over again, such as, you know, the grandmother or the grandfather. We can build trusting communities and relationships with those who can help us to steer our children in the right path, on the right path. But again, it's going to take for us to really pursue our healing and wholeness because, Say you have traumatic um, issues that you've yet to deal with and you have an issue with trusting people, right? That's a part of your healing and wholeness that you have to take care of. You can't go on through life being so untrust, you know, untrusting of others, so distrusting of others that you don't have the relationships that you need, which essentially you know, it affects the child because they benefit from that relationship that you would have as well. Right. So again, I believe that we can um, really get there. And and I say this because this is something that I've been taught uh, as of late relationships, how important they are. And I'm grateful for the people that God has placed in my life, even um I have some friends who have really been telling me to really pursue self-care. And I've really learned just how important it is because as I am dealing with the 
issues of my past, the childhood traumas, it feels like everything is just, I'm so sensitive to everything. And it feels like, you know, there's more pain than there is comfort. But taking out that time to care for myself, making sure that I'm taking care of my mental state, making sure that I'm thinking the right way, making sure that I'm even you know, putting positive thoughts into my mind, changing my, my, the way that I've been thinking, but also treating myself well, taking well and good care of myself. It's so important because if I'm good, then what I pour out is good, right? But if I'm bad, if what's in me is negative, if what's in me is anger, bitter, rage, malice, strife, envy, jealousy, even sadness, sorrow, um, anything negative is in me by just by default, I pour that into my child just by default, right? And so it's imperative for me to take care of myself and to practice the self-care. But again, I've learned that from the relationships that I've tended to. I've learned that from taking in the wisdom of the necessary of the relationships that are that I need for this time in my life. So that was the purpose of me bringing that up. Relationships, they they matter. We need the right people in our life because not only do we again benefit from it, our children benefit from it as well. And so speaking of relationships, that brings me to our discussion today. And that is the relationship that transpired between me and my son as a result of me not dealing with the childhood trauma, the issues from my past. What kind of relationship me and my son had? So in the previous episode, I stated that I would get my son to come on here. I would try to get him to come on here to uh, speak with uh, the audience and, you know, give his side of the story. But he said, no, mom, that's all on you. So I respect that. Um, He has, however, graciously given me permission to share his side of the story. And so... I am grateful to him for that. And so our relationship very early on was, I would say, really, really good. And we spent a lot of time together. I wanted to be sure to be there for my son because um, I was a single parent right at the very beginning. And I had a great fear of my son experiencing abandonment that I experienced as a little girl Um, with not having my father around. And I did not want my son to experience that. I I feared greatly for that, Um, especially having a a son and there being no male presence um, around. I was really afraid for him. So I did everything that I can to just be with my son and keep him very close to me. Um, When he got older, Um, In his toddler years, we would always, but even when he was younger, I would always take him out, just spending quality time with him just all the time, even in the house. I just wanted to, again, know, let my son know 
that I was always, mommy was always here. Mommy was always available. I did, however, have times where I would have low lows, right? Where the postpartum depression and even just relational issues, um, they felt overwhelming to me. And in those moments, I was able to rely on my mother, thankfully, to to um, step in and to help me when I needed to take time away from my son. And again, I'm grateful to her for that because I wanted to make sure that he had the nurture that he needed. And once he became older into his uh, older toddler years to 12, this is when we began to see a lot less of each other. We didn't see so much of each other because I had to work and I was going to school. This is why I said earlier, I understand and am not condemning mothers who have to work multiple jobs and even go to school um, because I get it. You know, we want to provide the best that we can for our children. So doing things like picking up a second job or going back to school to further the education so that you can make greater pay, it's a sacrifice. Um, it's It's one worth it. But when you're in it, you feel like crap. And that's exactly how I felt. I felt terrible having to leave my son. I did not want to, especially because I would leave out and it was dark outside and I would come back in and it would be dark. And so I was seeing him, but he wasn't seeing me. And he shared with me that this is a time where he felt, you know, like he was being neglected because here it is, you know, you already have a just one parent and then now this one parent you don't even see them anymore um because they're going to work and going to school and it's like what what about me you know and he was only i believe 7 years old at the time when i went to when i started to go to school and so it was you know very challenging for him and it was challenging for me too Anybody at my job, at my school can say, Christina is always talking about her son, showing us pictures of him because I, that's all I thought about when I was at work and at school, my son, you know, and we would spend time together outside of work and outside of school. I would do everything that I could to, you know, make sure that my son knew that I was there. One thing that I don't like, though, is that there could have been more communication and my son agrees the same, like more communication. It's one thing to be just doing things and then to be really engaged with one another. Uh, The relationship that I built with my son very early on is that he can come and he can ask me anything. I didn't care what it is. As long as he was respectful, I never wanted my son to feel like he couldn't come to me and ask me of things because I know how, um, I know how that feels. Um, in my previous episodes, I mentioned how I was muzzled a lot and pushed off and rejected. So I knew how that feel that felt and and never wanted my son to feel that. So he can come and ask me, you know, anything. But as time went on, you know, it wasn't so much, but I didn't immediately take notice of it. 
once my son began, um, once he turned 12 years old, I started to know, notice a little bit of change in him that he wasn't as, I won't say that he was clingy, but my son would love to do things like come up and sit under me or hug me and things like that. And just ask, you know, mom, can we do this, that, or the third? And he wasn't inquiring much and wasn't being near. I started to take notice and, you know, begin to talk to him and things like that. And it wasn't as it was before. It was kind of just like very short, quick answers and things like that. And then where things really, uh, my my eyes really were enlightened to something is wrong is that my son, he came to me and he said that he could not, he needed help with his emotions he said that he he wasn't able to express himself. He didn't really feel, you know, open to expressing himself and having his feelings. And because at that moment I was, um, I myself was in counseling, I immediately got counseling because I did not want him to suffer as I as I did. And what that was was blocked emotions. And so we went through the the counseling together. However, because my son was not enthused about it, neither, um, I don't want to say neither was I, I didn't really push it as I should have. I got discouraged because he was discouraged and he didn't want to. Um, And I don't like that I did that. I won't say that I regret it because I just have to move forward. We've been moving forward. And that is, I I don't like it because when you don't deal with trauma immediately, especially when it happens, you open yourself up to experience things that could otherwise be avoided. Um, Again, because this was years later, this was years ago. And so now other things can come you know, has have come about as a result of not hitting it dead on and dealing with it at the very genesis of it, right? And so as my son got older, I began to see similar behaviors where he was standoffish and he would isolate himself. And it was a little bit difficult to identify with it because my son has very, uh, a very reserved nature anyway. And you know, being reserved, kind of wanting to be to yourself, you know, and then isolation, you know, they kind of go hand in hand. But what I paid attention to was like his body, his body, you know, his, his, his tone of voice, you know, when I would come in and ask him things like that, that would let me know if he was in isolation or if he was thinking, you you know, just being him, his normal reserved self. And so now fast forward some time. And now what I've learned is that I have to be very, very intentional about setting boundaries to protect my son. I have to make sure that I'm not laying on him my issues uh, from my childhood trauma uh, onto him. Like I have to make sure that I'm not making it his responsibility to help me heal from my childhood trauma. And what I mean is this, because there will be times where I would ask, you know, let's spend some time together and he would not want to. 
and I would feel some kind of way because in my counseling, I'm learning some childhood issues again that that stemmed um, that resulted in me the isolation that I had, right? And so I can't look at my childhood and say that this is the same thing that he is repeating. That's not fair, right? And so I've had to learn to not put any false burdens on him to come through for me just because I'm trying to heal over here. He he is his own person. And if he so chooses to be just himself, to his reserved self, and not want to have some time together, I have to be open to that. Now, what I've the strategy that I've come up with is considering him, right? What's happening in the moment? First of all, he has a right to choose and he has an opinion and he can have that and I'm not going to take that away from him. I have to consider that he is chill, that he is reserved and that he loves his time alone. And so I can allow him to have that time alone. However, I consider the time that he spends alone. Has it been too long of a time in solitude? Because if I would sometimes allow my son, he'll stay alone for forever and ever and ever because that's just what he's been accustomed to for so long. So there is a cutoff time. So if I am working on something, I have to set a timer to make sure that I get up and go come and check on him, right? So in between my working time, I'll have alarms that are set for like 30 minutes or 45 minutes. And then I don't go and check on him every time that they end. But within an hour, I need to check on him. I need to make sure that he's good, that he knows that I'm there. And then... I have to set aside time just for him and make him feel welcome when he comes in. Am I trying to welcome him in and say that we can have a conversation or spend some time together? However, there's a, my laptop is in my face and I'm sitting at the counter saying, come on in, come on in and let's, you know, let's have some time. He's not going to feel welcome if I have a laptop in my face. And so those are things that I have to consider about him for our relationship. And then I have to consider things about me. Continuing to practice self-care, taking care of my emotional and my mental health and well-being, doing the work that is necessary is something that I've committed to because I understand that I can only give my son what I have. And if I have baggage from my childhood, emotional traumas, and all of these uh, psychotic things going on in my head, in my heart, I'm dumping that on my son subconsciously without effort because it's all that I have to give if I don't do the work. So I've committed to doing the work that's necessary so that I can show up for my son in a healthy way and being uh, the safe haven and the, the place of comfort that he needs me to be, that every mother needs to be for their child. Therapy, counseling, that is something that I went to faithfully in times past, but things have changed. Cost has gone up um, and through insurance, sometimes you don't get quality therapists and it could be very, very challenging to find the right therapist, but I have not given up. 
while I'm looking for the right therapist, I'm utilizing the resources that are available. Dr. Caroline Leaf, an amazing brain scientist. She studied it for years. She has an amazing app. She speaks about how you can change your mind, how you can change the brain with the mind and change your your mind with your brain, how you think. That's a resource that I use. Another mental health specialist, Cherish Josie, if I'm saying her first name right, but Josie is the last name. She's another amazing mental health specialist that I use, that I follow after. So again, there are resources that are available. You just have to use it. And lastly, I consider us. I consider me and my son. This has been an easy part building as a family. And so one of the things that we both have in common is that we love to eat together. We love dinner time. And I actually read an article that states that teenagers, even though they might act a little standoffish, they actually find dinner time the best time that they can talk with their parents. And so I think that we are at four times at least a week that we eat dinner time together, right? There's no eating over there in your room and then I'm eating over here. We eat together and that's been a great time. Now, I want us to slow down the time a little bit and take it all in, but that's something that we're working on. Also, doing other things that we love, like we just went to the planetarium. We haven't been there in years, and it's just been something really exciting. Me and my son, we're very, very simple, taking walks around the neighborhoods you would think that somebody just bought us a car (laughs) because we love things like that. Just taking in the outdoors, even when it's cold outside, just we love to go for walks. And so that's considering us, you know, building relationships. We have great conversations when we are doing those little simple things that we love to do. And so I'm taking out time for that and in that we're building we're able to communicate more my son has probably talked a lot more than he's talked in you know since he's mentioned even about his emotion feeling stuck in his emotions and that's because we're we're actually doing the work that's necessary so we're just continuing on in that so again refocusing ourselves on what matters the most and that is our children we have to do away with whatever is stealing our attention whatever is preventing us from engaging our children daily making sure that they're well because relationships with parents that impacts a child tremendously Childhood emotional neglect is a serious thing. I've been researching that. And that trauma can not only affect a child in their childhood, but it can affect them well into their adulthood, well into their adulthood. So I admonish you to please do what is necessary to focus yourself, get rid of whatever is distracting you. If it's past traumas and you have issues with building a relationship and it's preventing you from building a relationship with your own child, be intentional and determined to 
get some help. Go to a therapist, a relationship therapist, and get the help that you need. If it's social media, if you find yourself constantly scrolling on your phone or talking on your phone or watching TV or outside of your house while your child is always away doing some other thing, that's terrible. That's horrible. Because what is what has your child's attention? Who's training them and who's teaching them if you aren't? When we just learn that we are responsible for training up our child in the way that they should go so that when they get older, they won't depart. It's our responsibility. Or is what's preventing you from giving all of your attention to your child frustration from doing your job outside of the household and just being a mother, then that means take some time. Take some time for yourself to deal with that frustration. You probably need some time off. And that's expert advice, right? I found myself when I've taken time off to be much, much better, well-rested, happy, not just, you know, burned out from constantly working over and over all day, every day. Take some time. Don't worry about the bills, right? God knows exactly what it is that you need. And I guarantee you, if you would just pray and ask earnestly, he will provide for you and your children. He will not let you go without if you are taking time to rest for your mental wellness. I want you to remember this. Being unintentional about your mental wellness and wholeness as a nurturer, as a mother, can intentionally cause mental and emotional issues for your child. So again, take care of your mental wellness. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. It's greatly appreciated. If you can go to my Facebook and Instagram pages, both are at Believing Mothers. Like, share, and follow. Really, please share it with other people. We need to spread the word so that we can rescue our children. Thanks so much again, and you be blessed. Bye.